It's called The Christians and the Pagans. Her uncle said we were up here for the holiday Jane and I were having solstice Now we need a place to stay And her Christ-loving uncle Watched his wife hang Mary on a tree He watched his son hang candy canes All made with red dye number three He told his niece it's Christmas Eve I know our life is not your style She said Christmas is like solstice And we miss you And it's been a while the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able and Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses The food was great, the tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch Till Timmy turned to Amber and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, the pies are burning And she hit the kitchen And it was Jane who spoke She said, it's true, your cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow The friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and the pagans Stand together at the table Finding faith and common ground The best that they were able And where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans Only pumpkin pies are burning Tried to do the dishes Her aunt said really no don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber Looked like Tim and like her father He thought about his brother How they hadn't spoken in a year He thought he'd call Emma And say it's Christmas and your daughter's here He thought his father's sons and brothers Saw his own son tug his sleeve Saying can I be a pagan Dad said we'll discuss it when they leave Together at the table Finding faith and common ground The best that they were able Lighting trees in darkness Learning new ways from the old And making sense of history And drawing warmth out of the cold Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Uh, this is Your Community Spirit. If you're one of our regular listeners, you might notice that I'm not, in fact, Orbeck. He is off teaching his renewable energy class again. Uh, I'll be holding down the fort in the meantime. My name is Treesong. I'll be your radio host for today. Or at least for the next 30 minutes or so. 
So uh, we're going to get to a little bit more music. Then we've got our usual uh, eclectic blend of community happenings and news. That, that, for, that song that we just heard, if you're not familiar with it, was uh, The Christians and the Pagans by Dara Williams. I like to play that one around the, uh, the winter holiday season because it's all about, you know, different people who celebrate things at that time learning to get along. It's a good song. get things started with some happenings. First, we've got the holidays for our happenings. Uh, today is the 352nd day of 2009. There are 13 days left in the year. That's pretty exciting. We're almost done with the year. And what a wild and crazy year it's been, eh? <laughs> so, uh, coming up today, a holiday is Underdog Day. That's a day for all of the, uh, all of the unsung heroes in fiction. You know, like uh, the example I saw... Uh, when I was researching this online, was Watson from the Sherlock Holmes series. You know, everybody talks about what Sherlock Holmes does, but Watson, you know, respectable contribution, helps hold the act together. So it's uh, also UN International Migrants Day. And coming up tomorrow on Saturday is the UN Day for South-South Cooperation, and it's the anniversary of the first Christmas greeting from space. Coming up on Sunday, it's Cathode Ray Tube Day. So without the the cathode ray, there would have not been so many uh, so many television shows, uh, all sorts of uh, computer stuff, interesting things made possible by the cathode ray. <laughs> Being replaced by some other technologies as we speak, but still an interesting day to consider. Sunday is also UN International Human Solidarity Day. Monday is Crossword Puzzle Day. It's also Humbug Day, day for people who are exhausted by all of the uh, preparations for the holiday season and just want to say humbug for a day. It's also National Haiku Poetry Day. So if you can fit a haiku into a crossword puzzle, you get bonus points. All right, it's also Phileas Fogg Wins a Wager Day. Uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, the... In the book, he had to go around the world in 80 days, and uh, it was because of a wager. And the wager was, you know, to complete the trip by today. Well, I'm guessing by today, you know, many years ago, but it was on the 21st of December. All right, so uh, also happening today, winter begins in the Northern Hemisphere. It is the winter solstice, so it's uh, on Monday. So it's officially the beginning of winter coming up just in a couple days. 
It's also World Peace Day, I think in honor of the winter solstice. Now, for those of you who may be listening on the Internet or maybe traveling soon to the Southern Hemisphere, summer is beginning in the summer Southern Hemisphere. So it's pretty exciting. You know, while we're not quite getting the cold that we usually get, I'm sure they're having quite warm weather in the Southern Hemisphere. And it's also the holiday of uh, Yule, the, uh, uh, the pagan and Wiccan honoring of the winter solstice. And coming up on next Wednesday, the 23rd of December, Festivus for the rest of us. It's a holiday with an interesting history, (laughs) including but not limited to its appearance on the TV show Seinfeld. And uh, also coming up on the 23rd, a bit of a more serious holiday, Human Lights Celebration. I actually didn't know what this was myself when I first heard about it, so I'm going to read a little uh, clip about it. Human light illuminates humanism's positive secular vision. In Western societies, late December is a season of good cheer and a time for gathering of friends and families. During the winter holiday season, where the word holiday has taken on a more secular meaning, many events are observed. This tradition of celebrations, however, is grounded in supernatural religious beliefs that many people in modern society cannot accept. Human light presents an alternative reason to celebrate, a humanist vision of a good future. The future in which all people can identify with each other, behave with the highest moral standards, and work together toward a happy, just, and peaceful world. Now, I'm personally a spiritual person who does believe in some of those uh, uh, untenable supernatural religious beliefs they mentioned, but I think that sounds like a nice holiday, and I wanted to mention it, because I'm sure it's still not known by many people. So, coming up, another holiday... Uh, On the 24th of December, you may have heard of a holiday called Christmas Eve. And it's also, I I did not know this, the birthday of Howard Hughes, the industrialist. So while we're all celebrating Christmas Eve, he's celebrating uh, his existence. (laughs) So those are some holidays. If you want to send any holidays our way, my email address is treesong at treesong.org. Time for some happenings. Rice and Spice International Slow Foods Dinner. It's coming up tonight at 6 p.m. at the Gaia House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. This Friday's Rice and Spice theme will be a Latin holiday party with salsa dancing afterwards from 10 a.m. until... from 10 p.m. until 2 a.m. It's cold, so let's make it hot, hot, hot. They are moving salsa night from the Long Branch, uh, at least during the break. I guess we'll see afterwards. But uh, that's coming up tonight. 6 p.m. for the dinner, 10 p.m. for the dancing, over at the Gaia House Interfaith Center. Other happenings? 
big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. Happening tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy Independent Media Center. 214 North Washington here in Carbondale. The film tonight, Class Dismissed by Loretta Alper. Featuring interviews with Stanley Aronowitz, Barbara Ehrenreich, and others, this film dares to open our eyes to television's role in disappearing class from the American consciousness. The carefully crafted interviews set against humorous clips show how stereotypes of working-class buffoons distance us from the reality of corporate greed. Once again, that's tonight at 7 p.m., 214 North Washington in Carbondale. That sounds really interesting. It sounds both like it's got the humorous aspect because they take these clips from mainstream television, but yet the very important thought-provoking class analysis aspect. Should be a good time. other happenings, the Vigil for Peace. It's happening uh, tomorrow, Saturday at noon, at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. They're out there vigiling to bear witness to the costs of war and to hold out hope for the possibility of peace. Once again, Saturday at noon, Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. That's uh, by by the railroad tracks where 13 and 51 meet. Now it's time for the news. Exciting news. Oh, and that song, by the way, is a song called Stones. Um, I discovered it through a computer role-playing game series, oddly enough. But it's a song about the the Stonehenge monument uh, over in England. And Stonehenge is believed to be aligned uh, relative to the winter solstice. So I like playing that song at the winter solstice, among other times. So onward to the news. Our first item, well, our big item for today is talking about Copenhagen and several things related to the climate conference there. As you may or may not know, if you've been following tick-tick-tick.org or 350.org or even some of the mainstream news, there's been a big climate conference going on over in Copenhagen. And there's all these questions of what's going on, protests outside, stalemate inside. It's a pretty dramatic thing. Uh, In the ten minutes remaining, we don't have time to cover all of the breadth and depth of the issue, but we'll see what we can do. So I'd like to send a few links your way to help you explore the issue on your own. One is from uh, Grist Magazine. Now, Grist is where we find a lot of the stories that we mentioned here on the news. We search other places, too, but they're one of the first places we check. And they have their own center, like on their website, to describe all the things that have been going on in Copenhagen. So it's a, at the, you can go to grist.org, G-R-I-S-T dot O-R-G, 
And there's a link there to find the Copenhagen section. Uh, the direct link is grist.org slash topic slash Copenhagen dash climate dash talks. And they've got all sorts of important stories there about what's going on, including they've got a story about this one. I've got some of this from The Guardian, but I first heard about it at Grist. The story is, leaked UN report shows cuts offered at Copenhagen would lead to three degrees Celsius rise. The emissions cuts offered so far at the Copenhagen Climate Change Summit would still lead to global temperature rising by an average of three degrees Celsius, according to a confidential UN analysis obtained by The Guardian. Now, that's not three degrees Fahrenheit. The, most of us are most familiar with the Fahrenheit scale, and three degrees Celsius is a bigger raise than that. With the talks entering the final 24 hours on a knife edge, the emergence of the document seriously undermines the statements by governments that they are aiming to limit emissions to a level ensuring no more than a 2 degree Celsius temperature rise over the next century. And the document indicates that the last days of negotiations will be extremely challenging. Uh, just for some, uh, some information on the projections of what might happen if it does rise 3 degrees, this would mean up to 170 million more people suffering severe coastal floods and 550 million more at risk of hunger, according to the stern economic review of climate change for the UK government. It will also leave up to 50% of species facing extinction. That doesn't really sound like promising prospects for the future. Even a rise of 2 degrees would lead to a sharp decline in tropical crop yields, more flooding, and droughts. So, they've... The, See, what gets me is that, you know, people are busy talking about this so-called climate gate, you know. Oh, we found a few emails from one climate research center that, you know, they talk harshly of the, the climate deniers and, you know, they try to blow it up into this big story. But here we have the UN, the people who are gathering at the UN now saying, oh, we're going to bring things down to at most two degrees Celsius rise in the next hundred years uh, or by the end of the century. They're going in with that rhetoric, but the internal documents show that's not actually what they're going to be trying to achieve. So that, to me, that's that to me is the real climate gate. You know, all of these delegates and first world nations going in there and trying to push out a plan which will not achieve the goals that they say it's going to achieve. So, all the more reason to get out there and look at some of the details. And we here at Your Community Spirit will be following up on the details as time goes along. And now, 
Our next story, also related to Copenhagen. Now, there, I sometimes tend to overuse the word epic and uh, humorously refer to things as being epic occurrences, but I think this, this latest news story may in fact qualify, at least in my book. Copenhagen spoof shames Canada, climate debt no joke. African, Danish, and Canadian youth join the Yes Men to demand climate justice and skewer Canadian climate policy. Now, uh, they've, on the Yes Men website at, at theyesmen.org slash Canada, they've got this story and a bunch of detailed links showing the media coverage of it and some of the details behind what the message is that they're presenting. But uh, I'll read a little bit here just to get you acquainted with the exact nature of the caper they pulled off this time. If you're not familiar with them, the Yes Men like to do this sort of thing on a regular basis. It's a wonder they haven't been uh, captured and locked away yet. So, this is from Copenhagen. Canada is red-faced, and they've got a bunch of articles. Canada is red-faced, Copenhagen spoofs Canada, uh, hoax slices through Canada spin on warming. So all the big news sources, the Guardian, uh, national and international news sources, are covering this story. What at first looked like the flip-flop of the century has been revealed as a sophisticated ruse by a coalition of African, North American, and European activists. The purpose, to highlight the most powerful nation's obstruction of meaningful progress in Copenhagen, to push for just climate debt reparations, and to call out Canada in particular for its terrible climate policy. I, so, I know some of us in the U.S. may be thinking, Ooh, we dodged the bullet there. You know, I guess Canada's the big climate uh, debt problem. But, you know, we're not off the hook. It's just that the yes-men... Uh, and their, their allies, in this case, chose to focus on Canada. So the elaborate intercontinental operation was spearheaded by a group of concerned Canadian citizens, the Climate Debt Agents from ActionAid, and the Yes Men. It involved the creation of a best-case scenario in which the Canadian government representatives unleashed a bold new initiative to curb emissions and spearhead a climate debt mechanism for the developing world. So this started on uh, this past Monday. Journalists around the world were surprised to get a press release from Environment Canada. But it was actually, they're, they're good at creating these spoof websites. You know, they, they, it was enviro-canada.ca. Someone especially not from Canada might look at that and say, oh, well, it's a Canadian site. It's environmental. I must be the official site. It looks just like when we looked at it last time. So they go to this website and see claims that Canada was reversing its position on climate change. And in the release, Canada's Environment Minister, Jim Prentice, waxed lyrical. Quote, Canada is taking the long view on the world economy, said Prentice. Nobody benefits from a world in peril. Contributing to the development of other nations and taking full responsibility for our missions is simple Canadian good sense. So uh, those were not actually the words of Jim Prentice, but were part of the, the ruse. So... See, they've done this. They've done that sort of thing before. They've, you know, come presented a single spoof website, a single you know event, but then they coordinated actions. And 30 minutes later, uh, the same uh, you know spoof version of Environment Canada sent out another press release, and they were congratulating themselves on Uganda's excited uh, response to the earlier fake announcements. And they had a video featuring someone who was supposedly the delegate from Uganda. Uh, and 
also pointed to a link to a fake site about the Copenhagen conference. So they had they had two or more websites. They had uh, delegates, you know, spoof delegates. They had a whole elaborate media ruse that created this illusory world in which Canada had decided to take positive action on climate change, and the the other nations that were contesting with them were elated. They said, you know, they were very grateful. Canada, until now, you have blocked climate negotiations and refused to reduce emissions, said Matembe, the, the spoof delegate. Of course, you do sit on the world's second largest oil reserve, but for us, it isn't a mere economics issue. It's about drought, famine, and disease. Now, part of the fun of this is that the spoof delegate was speaking in a replica of the Bella Center's briefing room. If you're not familiar, the Bella Center is the big center where they're having the actual climate change talks. So the activists created a replica of the Bella Center's briefing room. And uh, they then had, you know, they filmed it and put it so it looked like it was in the real Bella Center. So this is pretty exciting stuff to me. You know, I'm, even when it's not of a political nature, I think that I, I like humor, I like pranks, but the political nature of this is very important because it's trying to get out a message that the Canadian government doesn't seem to be getting out and that the media often overlooks. Sort of to highlight some of that, I'd like to mention some of the response to this. Uh, the real Canadian government's reactions were almost as strange as the fake ones in the release. Uh, Dimitri Soudis, a spokesperson for the Canadian Prime Minister, emailed reporters and blamed Stephen Goulibal, uh, the co-founder of Quebec-based Ecotaire, quote, more time should be dedicated to playing a constructive role instead of childish pranks, he said in a first email while misspelling uh, Mr. Gulbolt's name, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. <laughs> and now uh, this, he, so he was accusing someone who is entirely unrelated to the prank. So this person obviously demanded an apology. Quote, a, a better way to use his time would probably be to advise the Canadian government to change its deeply flawed position on climate change. <laughs> the two were seen exchanging angry words in the hallway outside of Canada's press conference, which was scheduled to start at 3.30, but didn't start at 4.30, presumably because of the fisticuffs that ensued. <laughs> and the Canadians refused to answer any questions about the flurry of false releases. So, here's, I know this is a somewhat controversial action because it does involve a degree of deception. You know, they presented themselves as actually being the Canadian government and actually being the government of Uganda. So there are people who will criticize it, and I'm, I'm sure people will try to take some action against the yes-men and such for it. Personally, though, I think, it's, I think it's exciting fun, you know. I think there are messages here that they were trying to get out about the effects of climate change that they're succeeding in doing through this story. So we do have a little bit of time for me to say one or two things about why they would mention Canada. The only country in the world to have abandoned the Kyoto Protocol's emissions and climate debt targets, Canada also has the most energy-intensive, destructive, and polluting oil reserves in the world. The Alberta tar sands, according to The Economist, are in fact the world's biggest single industrial source of carbon emissions. Quote, By not agreeing to emissions reductions, Canada is holding a loaded gun to our heads and seems ready to pull the trigger on millions of us around the globe said Margaret Matembe, uh, the spoof official from the Climate Debt Agents. 
they leave us no choice but to see them as criminals. So for the full story, once again, you can go to theyesmen.org slash Canada. It's an exciting story, and it talks about some of how they pulled it off as well, if you follow enough of the links. So that's all the time we have today for your community spirit. Um, as you may be aware, my name is Treesong. If you have any happenings or news to send our way, you can send them to me. My email address is treesong at treesong.org. And I will actually be gone for the holiday uh, next Friday, but I haven't found out yet if Orr will be here or not. But you'll be greeted with either Orr or someone else here from WDBX who's going to be around for the holidays. I, since I won't be here, I hope you have a wonderful holiday, and I'll hear you here uh, two weeks from now on the radio.